Global markets are treading water ahead of key US inflation data later this week, with the S&P 500 flat and European stocks down a bit. Japan's CPI number later today looks set to drop below target, and the Aussie and Kiwi dollars are weaker ahead of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's big rates decision on Wednesday. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, ANZ senior economist Adelaide Timbrell takes a closer look at what's driving housing supply and demand in Australia, with price growth forecast to ease over 2024. It's still quite difficult to hire skilled labour in the construction industry. That's really slowed things down. We do think that that'll reverse a little in 2024. Recruitment difficulty is easing. The labour shortages in the construction sector are easing. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ, global markets are tracking cautiously after last week's rally, with the S&P 500 flat at 4am Sydney Melbourne time. European stocks slipped a bit overnight. Traders are focused on the last big US inflation data print ahead of the FOMC's rates decision in March. The January Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index, the PCE index, is due out on Thursday night. ANZ head of FX research, Marja Zaman, says the markets are expecting a monthly lift in the key core PCE reading of 0.4%. That's up from 0.2% in December. I think the key event for U.S. markets and more importantly, the Fed is the U.S. PC inflation number that comes out. This will be the last reading of the Fed's preferred inflation gauge before the March FOMC meeting. You know, I think it will be important to see how close it is in terms of the CPI number we saw a couple of weeks ago in terms of, you know, we saw a little bit of an uplift in that CPI number, whether that blows into the PCE or not. But more importantly, I think markets and the Fed will be paying close attention to the super core inflation, which is core services X housing for the month of um, January. Number two, Japan is due to report inflation figures for January later today. The consensus is for the core annual rate to drop to 1.8% from 2.3% in December. That would be the first time under the Bank of Japan's target of 2% in almost two years. But Marjabin says the bank is looking elsewhere to wage inflation, which is stronger, and it's still on track to tighten in April. What I think really stands out is that maybe what the BOJ is now looking at from those uh, inflation numbers, we know that the BOJ is more focused on the current round of wage negotiations to help achieve inflation closer to its target. So, you know, you may not see a huge reaction to the upcoming CPI print, which has been having a moderating trend for some time. In terms of our view, uh, we continue to maintain our view that the central bank will shift its policy rate from negative 0.1% to zero at its April meeting. Number three, the Kiwi and Aussie dollars are both weaker this morning, with particular volatility in recent days in the Kiwi ahead of a live RBNZ meeting. ANZ Research is forecasting a hike on Wednesday, which has helped hold the Kiwi up in recent days. But it fell yesterday when the NZIER's Shadow Monetary Policy Board opted for a hold. Here's Marjorie Bean. Going ahead into the RBNZ meeting, of course, um, only 30% of a rate hike is currently priced in. We do think that they might hike at this meeting and the next one. And I think that there is a little bit of uncertainty around RBNZ's next moves. And of course, that will add volatility into Kiwi holdings. Number four, lithium used to be a boom metal. Now, 
Its price is bust, and it may have further to go, says ANZ Senior Commodity Strategist Daniel Hines. We're going through one of those down periods where the price is suffering from a pullback in some of the EV makers' um, demand for lithium-ion type batteries. This is mainly driven in, in China where the growth there in battery capacity has gone far beyond what their domestic requirements are and that's rippling through down that supply chain, as I said. So for the moment, lithium metal is is on the nose in a sense with the Chinese battery makers. Um, so it's going to take some time for that dislocation to, to correct itself, um, which means, you know, we could could see lithium prices under pressure in the shorter term. Number five, turning back to the Pacific, Fiji's more than doubling of migrant departures to Australia and New Zealand since the pandemic looks set to ease, says ANZ international economist Kishti Sen. People from the Pacific have, have always looked at Australia and New Zealand as a country they would aspire to migrate to for uh, improving their living standards. But uh, this boost in departures from Fiji, especially over 2022 and 2023, we think will unwind over the next uh, two years or so. Kishti Sen there. Now, in part one of a deep dive interview into Australia's housing market, ANZ senior economist Adelaide Timbrell explains how supply and demand are shifting and that we'll see house price growth ease in 2024. In 2023, housing price growth in capital cities was really strong. It grew by 9.1% over the year. And we expect a bit of a slower year in 2024 with capital city housing price growth closer to 5 to 6%. Market indicators have been cooling nationally. So listings are rising a little bit, vendor discounts are rising, medium time on the market. So how long homes are actually staying advertised is rising a little as well. And when we look at monthly price increases, they are slowing, particularly in places like Sydney and Melbourne. Now, on the other hand, auction clearance rates have really strengthened this year. So it's not that we think housing prices will fall or stagnate, but there are some signs that we're not going to have another boom year for housing prices. And what's the story there with a cooling in price growth, but um, still quite strong clearance rates? Yeah, so strong clearance rates tend to be a forward indicator of housing price growth uh, and average auction clearance rates, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, have increased, but other market indicators are still cooling. Now, with Sydney and Melbourne, more people may have been impacted a bit more in terms of their borrowing capacity through high interest rates. And we also know, particularly in Melbourne, slower population growth and higher vacancy rates are taking some of the wind out of that housing price growth. On the other hand, when we look at Brisbane, Perth and Adelaide, you know, they've actually been outperforming even our stronger forecasts from last year. And so we've upped the 2024 growth for them a little bit. We think that they'll outperform other cities because there's a continued shortage of available homes in Brisbane, Perth and Adelaide. Their housing prices are already at new peaks. And there's also a little bit of movement, you know, in the economy where people don't have to live in Sydney and Melbourne to earn a Sydney and Melbourne wage. And that's something that really puts... Uh, an extra layer of appeal on those smaller capital cities like Adelaide and Perth and especially Brisbane, the third biggest capital city in Australia, but a a cheaper housing market. You've got one particular chart uh, showing dwelling growth and population growth. So on the supply side, what's uh, going on there? Because that is quite an astonishing chart to look at. 
Demand for homes is still way outpacing supply. So despite having almost record population growth uh, over the last year, we have seen very little in the way of new homes being built. Now, that's because unlike pretty much any other market, housing markets are almost exclusively a secondhand market. Most other goods and services that you might want to buy as as an individual, if they're more expensive to make, then they're going to be more expensive to buy. But when housing becomes more expensive to make, because it's only a small share of homes for sale that are new, it doesn't necessarily move prices directly. And so apartment developers in particular have seen prices of construction go up. It's still quite difficult to hire skilled labor in the construction industry. That's really slowed things down. We do think that that'll reverse a little in 2024. Recruitment difficulty is easing. The labor shortages in the construction sector are easing. The price growth of construction materials are easing as well. So while there has been this real mismatch between the amount of people who need homes and the amount of homes being built, um, that mismatch should narrow a little in 2024 as the construction sector eases from the worst of its shortages. Adelaide Timberlair. Catch Adelaide tomorrow in part two, where she looks at Australian household indebtedness. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was Five and Five with ANZ for Tuesday, February the 27th. Catch you tomorrow also with a look ahead to Australian CPI and New Zealand's OCR decision. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.